Welcome inside the Hill City Highlights podcast, a podcast about the people of Lynchburg for the people of Lynchburg. Now, here's your host, Alan York. Welcome back to another edition of the Hill City Highlights podcast. My name is Alan York, and today we're going to introduce you to Heather Harris, uh, who uh, helped uh, create and form and runs uh, meanwhile, back on the farm uh, with her husband, Bobby, and uh, a good team that she has there here in Lynchburg. Their shop is on Old Forest Road, and uh, you can find out more information uh, on Meanwhile Back on the Farm at MeanwhileBackOnTheFarm.com. And uh, Heather, first off, uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to join us here today. Uh, just take us back to uh, kind of your childhood, where you're from, where you grew up, and then uh, we'll kind of dive in from there. Okay. Um, I am the youngest of six. I have four older brothers um, and then an older sister. I grew up in Pennsylvania on an, um, a very old farm. It was a whiskey distillery farm with a lot of old buildings. Um, I had a great childhood. My mother was a baker and that's kind of, I think what kind of started some of this was we used to sell bread at the farmer's markets. And I wanted to go to horse camp. I think I was like nine or 10 years old and take riding lessons. And she said, well, we obviously can't afford it, but I can teach you how to sew and you can figure out how to get yourself there. So that's kind of, she kind of put that bug in me and um, I learned how to sew, started making scrunchies and these braiding kits for horse riders, little satchels and bags. And I would uh, have a table beside her and sell them at the farmer's markets. And uh, farmers markets even today are so popular. And um, my wife is in the jewelry business, and she set a shop up right beside you guys at the uh, Mountain View Vintage Market. Um, and when it comes to just the hometown feel of farmers markets, I read your bio about um, how you and, and Bobby uh, sold things at those, and it's just really cool to see uh, when folks do come to events like that. Not last weekend, but farmers markets. How just down home those types of events are um you know that was something i did when i was yeah I, I was younger and i remember thinking i will never bake bread and i will never do this again because we did it so much we did it like three days a week and here i am i make sourdough bread and i sell bags not at farmers markets right now but you know at, at pop-ups events like that all the time where we're talking to um the person who's buying it, we're not just shipping it in a box. We get to talk to them. We get to fit them with the right bag. They tell us what they're looking for. And it's like a great personal experience. How about you and Bobby? Where did you meet? And uh, you know his bio you, with furniture and his background and things like that. Uh, where did you guys meet? Yeah, you would think it was all planned, um, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> so I moved here um, from New York City in 2006 to um, I was a, a women's handbag designer in Boston and then New York. And then I moved here to um, help out with a local company that launch it, that um, does leather. And I launched their men's bag company. And um, I was here for a few years, traveled a lot, worked on that. And I met him and we actually met here at uh, where we currently have our shop. We just restored an old, it used to be a restaurant and an antique shop. It's, it's known as the Locust Thicket. It's historic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we actually met in the front yard at, um, it was like a bluegrass and barbecue. Okay. Um, so we met in like 2009, we kind of hit it off, um, got married, had a baby and my daughter decided that my career was done, which was 
mm-hmm. okay with me, I guess, because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Took a little stint. We moved up to my mom's farm, uh, res- helped help her restore it. We worked from home. He worked in construction. I started this garden, and it ended up not being one acre. It ended up being like three acres. Mm. So I got back into doing farmer's markets. And it's just, um, long story short, somebody said I should start a blog. And I and my husband said, well, you should name it Meanwhile Back on the Farm. And I never did anything with it. It just was out and out of space, still gardening, still canning, um, made this meat made this jalapeno mustard and um it was really good spicy right uh we went back to lynchburg a friend of mine who is over at or was at the farm basket was like hey i want to buy that from you and i was like well wait i can put a label on it called meanwhile back on the farm and took him some mustard and <laughs> started selling and my husband uh was like what are you doing and I was like, simple, I'm going to make this mustard and sell it to people. And there's my new business. And he literally said to me, you've lost your mind. <laughs> so, um, and he said, you need to get back into doing bags. That's what you do. That's what you know. You're very good at it. And I said, I literally was like, I will never do that again in my life. I am exhausted. I want, I don't want to do it. I'm done. And he, I asked him, I said, there's a pop-up going on i'm gonna i said i'm gonna do it's in three weeks can you build me a table and he said i will not build you a table unless you make a bag to take and i was like still not doing it (laughs) i also said i was like i don't make this stuff at home i know how to sew and he's like no you can do it and then my other argument was well my supplies you know they'll come from italy and the wax canvas takes a little bit and the lining we use a liberty of london which comes from england um, you know, it all takes time to get these things in. And he said, no, I think you can figure it out. And I literally had three weeks. So we did, we figured it out. He helped me actually sew them. And we went to our first pop-up at Vintage Lynchburg in 2015 of November. And we sold everything, even down to his table sold. Wow. You sold the table too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, which I would like back. Um, right. I mean, I love that table. So it was kind of this eye opener. I, I mean, I think it was more for him. I still was on like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not getting back into that animal. Like, you know, I had already been with like three other startups where I'd help them get going or I was a part of it. And it's just, it was a lot of work. Um, but he had faith in me. And one day he, he was like, Hey, I ordered us a sewing machine for the garage. And I literally, I was like, Mm-mm, send that back. I was like, we don't have any money for this. I'm not going to, I was like, nobody starts a factory in Mm. the U S anymore. I was like, that's something that you would inherit something your grandfather did your grand, you know, it's something that would kind of be passed down to you. It's not something you would start from scratch. And he was like, well, it's working. So I think you should keep sewing, like keep making bags. So I did. And I started it from my garage. um, And I would hand deliver some of the orders. I would, drive them down to UPS and I got it going that way. Um, What else can I tell you? I think, you know, it started in the garage, the house, and then two years into it, um, he came home from doing, he was working in construction. He had left his father's company um, when we went to Pennsylvania. He just wanted to do something new and different. And uh, he came home one day and he said, "Uh, I think I'm going to work for meanwhile. And I looked at him and I was like, mm-mm, 
Um, I said, no, I said, I can't afford you. I was like, you have to bring home the income. And, you know, I was like, this is just for, I'm a big horseback rider and I have an expensive taste in shoes. And I literally <laughs> said, I was like, nope. I was like, this is like my secret horse money and, and shoe money. And he was like, no, I don't think you realize like what you're doing. I don't think you realize like the volume or you're not getting, giving yourself enough credit. And he said, um, I looked at a place downtown and I literally was like, what? You can't do that. I was like, what if we can't pay the rent? What if we can't, you know, I was too scared to fail and he wanted to go forward. Yeah. So, um, and that's how he is, which is wonderful for me because I just want to just stay comfortable. Um, so anyway, we moved downtown and he came on full time and I would still work from home. I had a little baby boy and um, I wasn't going to give up that, but I was still a part of it. And but he basically ran the factory. So there's it, it in a nutshell. <laughs> Joined by Heather Harris with uh, Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Uh want to go back a couple of steps here, Heather. You mentioned your career and you know, traveling the world, it seems like for you, and you had done some manufacturing before, when did you get into that? And specifically, what items were you designing and uh, building there? You mean like back in Boston or New York? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. so um, in Boston, um, I was a belt and canvas bag and leather designer. Um, I was product development and a technical designer. So basically that means we would build a bag or build a belt and does it work does it fit on your shoulder does it fall off does the zipper work how how do you take a sketch like it's it, i don't say it's easy to sketch a bag but you can dream all you want but until you actually give it wheels and make it work is a whole different process so mm. that was kind of my job and that's um i also what has helped me in our current company is I spent so much time with sample makers um, in New York and then actually out of the country as well, but sitting with them and learning from with, I mean, it's, I would say it's kind of a, a dying trade here, um, but sitting with them. And that was what I loved is actually being with them and spending the time and learning, asking questions. Why did you do it this way? Why did you fold it in? You know? So those things I learned very early on in my career. How about your logo? Um, how many d design implement implementations did you have of that? And when did you guys decide on the logo that you have right now? I would say it was when Trey said, Hey, can I order that? Oh, can I order your mustard? I was like, ding, ding. It'll be a black and white rooster. Um, and I sketched it out that night. I sent it off to Vistaprint with labels in five days. So it wasn't, it came to me really quickly. Um, a few months later, I went to patent it and trademark it. And um, I actually, the rooster used to track right in the beginning. I don't know if anybody ever notices that. And when I went to trademark it, I tracked it going left. I did mm. a lot of research. We read left to right. Yep. Ralph Lawrence Polo Pony is is left to right. There's just some theories behind it. So when I did it, I had to make sure I was doing it, you know, one time and then I was done. Going to your story on your website, uh, joined by Heather Harris with a uh, meanwhile back on the farm. 
uh, organic materials, vegetable tanned leather. Uh, can we dive into some of these aspects of your product and what makes them very unique? So vegetable tan leather is the oldest way of tanning leather. So if you think back in the days, they would actually uh, build like a hole or a ditch and drop their cowhide in there for mm. months or weeks. And they would put bark and tree and all natural products, you know, from the ground. And that's how they would tan the leather. This day and age, they're still sunk into water for about two weeks and it's still bark. It's still all vegetable tannage. So it's all earthy products um, are done in there. And what that does is a, it, it does make the leather more expensive because it is a longer process. It does allow to have a better leather that will last us a, a lifetime. It will patina um, like the light the sun, your oils in your hand can all affect it and make it mm. um, develop this prettier color. And that's kind of what you want in leather. You want it to last. You don't want your bag. Well, I mean, we do have some leathers that are more just colorful, but in order to get that, they are dyed and then they might have some more coatings on the top um, and they can eventually break down and crack over years. But we have brought back the older way of tanning and so that your bag will last you and you can hand it down you mentioned liberty uh, of london fabric heather uh take us inside of that that is trademarked and uh, what that's all about um i have always loved the liberty of london and so it all started when bobby said uh i think you need to make some bags for the show and i was like i can't do, like no i was like everybody's gonna everybody makes a wax canvas bag what's gonna and i thought what's gonna set me aside what's gonna make me different um, what's going to give us, you know, a made in the America price, but also why would they spend $125 on my bag? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to bring in wax canvas. I'm going to bring in a lining. I'm not just going to bring in a striped lining or plain color lining. I'm going to bring in like top, like creme de la creme, a nice floral. And actually it's something that's timeless. Our bags are timeless. Um, I don't really go after trends. I go after a bag that you're going to feel that you could wear for six months and you could put it away and then you, you could bring it out in, in, in a year and you still want to wear it. Um, so that's kind of what Liberty of London does for me personally. I love their prints. I love the botanical. I love that they've been around for years and you can recognize it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, I'm a very strong believer in their, in their fabrics and their quality. I'm on your website right now, Heather. Uh, meanwhile, back on the farm.com, you offer a, a variety of items, uh, backpacks, purses, handbags, clutches, et cetera. Uh, when it comes to product development and continuing to push forward in the future, uh, take us inside the development side of uh, keeping on trend and, and how you develop items like uh, such as we just talked about. As far as trends, you know, um, I'm not chasing a trend, yep. but I can keep you in trend or keep you in um, our, my mission is to, is to get you a bag that you love. Okay. So, and that means a bag that's functional, a bag that you want to carry. It's not just because, oh, it's what's happening in the world and everybody's doing it. So, you know, we might launch um, four styles, five styles a year. Um, right now we just launched, um, what we call the perfect tote and the mini tote, which are totally opposites. One is very tiny. It's very cute. It's small. It has a front pocket and inside zipper and a top clasp. 
Um, and then we offer this larger tote, which is an everyday bag, um, which you can actually throw like a collection and some other pieces, your computer, it will hold everything that you need and throw it in the car. Um, our new bag that's coming out in November is a fanny pack, which I don't know if we're mm. going to carry that name or not, but that is trending. It's been around for a while, but it's really high in the last like 12 months. We're just, it takes us a little bit. Basically, it takes my husband a little bit to pay attention to what I want to do. Um, so he's the one that makes the patterns. I, I do the sketching. I do the concept. And then he's the one that takes it from that to an actual physical bag. And then we make all the patterns, the jigs, and we make them all work together. So that is launching third week in November. Pretty unique question here. Joined by Heather Harris with a meanwhile back on the farm, start to finish from ideation to a completed product. And let's just take, and I'm looking on your website right now. Uh, let's take a, a tote bag from start to finish. Well, what's the, the process and how long does, uh, it take to see the finished piece that you might take to market? I would say if we're starting a new style, it would take us, let's say, start to finish probably about six weeks. So, um, which is a pretty quick turnaround. Um, so I will take it to a sketch, to a pattern, and then it can even take a shorter time. It just depends if we have stock of that leather. But if I am going after a whole new collection of leathers for that design it can take six to eight weeks to get that le that leather made and brought in from italy so it's a whole new thing um what we do though every friday is we drop a small batch and that is basically keeps things fresh it all started with when i launched this collect well when i launched the company it was really nice because I had a, a lot of tanneries that reached out to me. I'm like, oh, Heather, I heard you're doing this. And it's so great. I know that you love veg tan. I have this red or I have this orange. I remember when one of the girls was like, hey, I have this orange lot. You would love it. It's a little off color that the customer wanted. I'll send you a swatch. She's like, great. She sent it to me. And I was like, great. This will make a fold over. And I dropped it on a Friday and Bobby, my husband was like, what are you doing? You can't like, I don't even know what you're up to. And I was like, yeah, but people want it. So we started doing this email every Friday at noon and we will change a leather or we'll bring in some fun, odd lots of leathers that we find and we will do it every Friday at noon and it's a limited edition. And it is a lot, but it does keep things fun here and things are changing. Um, it's normally not a new style. It's just where we've changed pockets or changed the color or changed the wax or the zipper, but it's something new every week. How often, Heather, has a customer either come to your shop or hit you guys up on Instagram, et cetera, with, hey, have you thought about this idea? And then it actually comes to fruition. Does that happen much or is it basically just in your mind, this is what I think works and this is my experience or have customers had that much of effect that they've created a product essentially by just reaching out to you? Um, Not that much. Um. I mean, I will say that people have asked for a fanny pack for a while and I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> um, you know, it, that started back in the spring. It's just taken us a little longer. We had a lot of stuff happen with some collaborations this spring and in summer. So it kind of took the back burner, but I was like, we literally have to get this out, Bobby, before Christmas or mm -hmm. else we're going to just lose the whole window. Yeah. So, um, you know, we are open to that, but we seem to supply people with what, what they need. So they don't really have to ask. Right. 
and you do have a shop on Old Forest Road. You also have a lot of events, and we talked about Heather. Um, how do you pick and choose which events and pop ups that you do experience and and uh, and sell your product at? And uh, I know you have one coming up on Saturday here in uh, Lynchburg. Yes, we have an open house here on Saturday. It's our fall open house um, that allows people to come. We also have a guest here, Erin McDermott White. She does jewelry, and she's coming from Charlotte. Yeah. Um, how do we pick and choose? People ask us, they invite us, we check them out. If we can do them, we'll do them. Um, I believe in them. I believe in the shows. I think it's a great opportunity for us to meet our customers, make new customers, see old customers. And um, we're just grateful for them. We're grateful for all the people that come to them because we wouldn't be here without them. Uh, wrapping things up with uh, Heather Harris with uh, Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Appreciate her time here today on our Hill City Highlights podcast. Uh, how, what's the future like uh, for the business and the company, Heather, as you uh, move on to the Christmas season and then into 2024? Um, just get through it and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, Heather, we appreciate your time here today. Uh, best luck in the future. And uh, thanks for sharing a little insight on Meanwhile Back on the Farm. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hill City Highlights podcast. Have an idea for future shows? Email our team at hillcitypod at gmail.com. And join us each week for another episode of the Hill City Highlights podcast.